I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Edgman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. Hi, all. Welcome back. Today's episode, we will walk you through the process of choosing and signing up to a broker and making your first investment. But before we get started, let's share our money win and loss of the week. Tash, what's yours? My weekly win was my unexpected dividends that covered my morning swim and my coffee last week. So I forget that we get dividends in April. Like I'm always waiting for them in is it December, January, and then July as well, the middle of the year. But the April ones always catch up and surprise me. So that was a money win. My money loss was I had to get an Uber home from the airport and it was like $70. So that wasn't the most fun ever, but I did get to go away. So that's kind of a win too. I know often sometimes they're like a win and loss and mine is a little bit of both as well. So I got taxed quite a lot this last year due to selling some shares. So, um, you know, I had to pay the ATO. So the win is that I left that money in my uh, mortgage offset for as long as humanly possible and paid the very last moment, which was like the end of April. And uh, so I got to offset the interest of my mortgage, but you know, the, the loss of that is <laughs> you have to pay taxes to the ATO. Mind you, taxes are great. We have roads yes. and schools and so forth. Very, very grateful for taxes. It still hurts though. It hurts seeing that money yeah. leave your account. It does hurt a little bit. A little bit of both. One of the most common questions we get is how to buy an ETF or which broker to use. The truth is, if you can buy something over Amazon, you can buy an ETF. It's just as simple as that. In today's episode, we're going to walk you through the steps to pick a broker and to make your first investment. There are two main steps. The first is to choose a broker. This often causes analysis paralysis as you look around at all the countless options. But the truth is, there is a lot to consider. But it's important to remember that what you buy matters more than where you buy it. And number two, you can always change your broker. So don't stress about it. 
I know Tash and I both used a few brokers in our investing journey. Tash, um, who did you start out with? The first broker I picked was, I think it was called ANZ E-Trade back then. I know they've changed and they don't exist anymore, but it was just linked to the bank account that I had. And it was the easiest option, I guess, at the time. And then I wanted something a bit cheaper because I think they charged almost $20 for like a thousand dollar investments. That was the brokerage fee, which is quite high. So I moved on to Comsec because I also had a Combank bank account. And then I saw their great Comsec pocket, which only had $2 brokerage. And I was in the process of trying to chase the cheapest brokerage possible. And then after that, I came across Perla and they had awesome auto invest features. And I did try a few others as well, like Vanguard Personal Investor, but I did not like the layout of their platform at all. It was very, I don't know, clunky and not intuitive and just didn't show me the stuff that I wanted. And I've tried Superhero and things like that too. But now I just use Perla. What about you? Uh, so when I first started investing, I started with Royal Bank, which is a bank in Canada. And they kind of set me up because the bank set me up in, you know, my investments. And then I realized that they were charging me a lot, which I think we mentioned on a different show, 2.5%. Huge. Huge. Um, and so I chased the cheapest broker in Canada, which was Quest Trade at the time. And they had the lowest fees. When I started investing in Australia, I um, signed up to Self Wealth because they were one of the cheaper ones. And they, you know, a lot of people back them. They were chess sponsored, which is something I was looking for. I feel like they're big in the fire community as well. Like I saw like self wealth on all the fire blogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people were talking about self wealth. And then shortly after, I heard about Perler actually and was like, oh, you know, this aligns to long term investing, financial independence, things that I'm really into. And then I moved over to Perler. And, you know, as we know, I, I work at Perler as well. So it really aligned with uh, what I was interested in as well. But how do we actually buy something on the stock market? I think it's important first to highlight that brokers are just brokers. So we've got some more fun analogies for you. So for example, Comsec is a broker. It's just a place to buy ETFs like Coles and Woolies are both places to buy groceries. Coles and Woolies stock the same or similar groceries. And I wouldn't say all of their products are a good choice overall. I like some things and I don't like others. The same with brokers such as Comsec or Perla. They are just a way to buy ETFs. They don't handpick specific ETFs for you to buy unless you're referring to something like Comsec Pocket or Perla Micro, which makes it a little bit more complex. But for the actual brokers, not like a managed fund or a micro-investing platform, you can just buy everything. Yeah. So this is something we also refer to quite a bit as our chocolate analogy. You know, you can buy chocolates at Woolies or Coles or IGA. They may have different costs and different flavors, but you're still ultimately purchasing the same product from a different store. Yeah. One of the first things to consider is the fees. Most brokers charge you a transactional fee for each time you buy or sell a share or ETF, but there may be other fees that you need to consider. So there's transactional fees. Transactional fees usually happen when you buy and sell. And sometimes there's actually different fees associated to different markets, such as if you're buying US shares. There's also foreign exchange fees, also known as FX fees. This is a fee to transfer your money to another currency. So if you're buying shares in the US, you'll have to transfer from Australian dollar to the US dollar to buy them. And then there are management fees. And there are two different types of management fees. There's one that refers to holding your fund. And you can often see this in micro accounts, which we'll talk about next. But this isn't to be confused with the management fee of ETFs, which are accrued daily and deducted on a monthly basis from the fund asset. And so they're reflected in the daily price of the ETF. You can find this information by Googling the ETF and their fees, going to the ETF manager's website, or looking at the PDS, which is the product disclosure statement, where you can find all the information that you need. So for example, the ETF manager's websites would be like Vanguard, BetaShares, iShares, those ones. 
There's various types of investing. There's chess, custodial, and micro, and we'll dive into each of these. In Australia, there are various types of brokers that use different models to invest. So please remember that when you are investing, each of these have a different type of risk associated with them. So let's talk about CHESS first. CHESS stands for Clearinghouse Electronic Subregister System. What a mouthful. Which means that you will have direct ownership of each share and it's tracked on a share registry. We'll cover share registries more in the next episode because they are just so much fun. Um, this is unique to Australia, so you can't actually have CHESS-sponsored US shares or ETFs. Often the minimum amount to invest is $500. You will get your holder identification number, also referred to as a HIN, which can usually be used across brokers. Some of the pros to Chess Sponsored is you have direct ownership of your investments. You can buy and sell through the share registry. So if the broker closes, you still have control over your own investments. You can also set up your dividend reinvestment plan, and it's simple to transfer between two Chess Sponsored brokers. Some of the cons, there's higher minimum investment amounts, higher fees, and you get so many letters from the share registries. I get way too many. I'm sure you do as well, Anna. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um, examples of chess sponsored brokers include Selfwell, Stake, Comsec, Nabtrade, and Perla. So there's a custodial model, which some platforms use. Basically, the assets are held on your behalf by a custodian, which is either the broker or a financial institution. Often, you'll know this is the case if they don't issue a HIN number, meaning you have indirect ownership. So how this works is that the broker holds your investments as a custodian, keeping a record of all the holdings under one HIN that they have. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Often, this can make investing a tad more affordable as you can invest smaller amounts, but this can also come with a risk in the case the custodian that holds your funds collapses as clients would then have to chase their investments or what's left of it. One thing to note is that if you are investing internationally, you may be using an international custodian model. So the pros of this is you'll have a lower minimum fee, a lower minimum to invest. You'll have less paperwork as the custodian manages this for you. Because they get all the fun letters. <laughs> yeah, no letters for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also access to international markets because often they use this type of model. The con is that you don't have direct ownership and it can be tricky if the broker goes under, if that's important to you. There is less fee transparency and it can state free brokerage, but it might have FX fees. So, you know, you'd have to look into that. And it can be more complicated to transfer between brokers as there may be additional fees that are involved. Some examples are uh, Superhero, Vanguard Personal Investor, and Sharesies. The final model of investing we're going to talk about is macro-investing, which is where you can invest in a unit of a managed fund. Each managed fund then pulls together all of the customer's funds and then invests it on their behalf. 
When you invest in a managed fund, you get units in the fund. This can be beneficial to those who have smaller amounts to invest or who want to use roundup features where you can invest dollars and cents. Some of the pros for this are good for learning, lower minimum investment amounts, less paperwork, and it helps you learn how to form the habit and get into automating your investing and just learning how the market goes up and down. Some of the cons, um, often it's an ongoing management fee, there's no direct ownership, and there's limited options. This can also be a pro though, because it helps reduce analysis paralysis and keeps investing simple. You often can't transfer your shares out easily without triggering capital gains, which makes it harder to change brokers as your strategy develops. Some examples of micro-investing platforms are Raise, Spaceship, and Perla Micro. So how to buy shares. Once you eventually decide on what type of model of investing you want, whether it's chess, custodial, or micro, it's worth looking at the various brokers and see what works for you. So the first thing you'd want to do is choose a broker. And the things that are worth considering is the type of investing model, which we just talked about, fees, which we also discussed, and features you want in a broker. So something that maybe suits your investing style, like are you a beginner? Do you want to just learn by buying ETFs? Are you a day trader that wants to see live pricing and have fancy charts? Features that may be useful to you are auto investing, goal tracking, charts, tax reporting, or something that's just really easy to use. And you might want to consider having access to different markets, such as the US. So buying through a broker is really as easy as buying clothes on the internet. Actually, it's even easier because you don't have to worry about whether it fits. So don't worry. Don't stress too much about choosing a broker. You know, you can always change them if you need to. One of my favorite things to say is what you buy matters more than where you buy it. So don't get too like stuck up on trying to choose which broker is the best or whether Woolies vs. Coles is the best. Just pick a broker and spend all of that energy deciding which ETF you want to buy instead. I know it's hard though. Um, the second step is to get all of your documents ready once you've chosen your broker. You'll need things like your ID and your tax file number to open an account. If you're setting up a CHESS-sponsored broker, they will open a HIN, the holder identification number, which is similar to an account number that is tied to you and your ownership of the shares. So the next step would be to just fund the account. You transfer money into your account, or sometimes you can automatically purchase an ETF or a share by pulling money straight out of your bank account. It depends on how the broker is set up. Chances are the first time that you invest, there may be some financial hoops that you need to jump through, such as, you know, authenticating who you are, getting a text message to validate that that's actually you. So don't stress too much about that. That's just uh, security measures in place, ensuring that you are you and um, that you can invest. The next step, the best one, I guess, is choose your ETFs and shares. You can start by finding the ticker code, which is a short code for the ETF you are buying. So for example, VAS, VDHD, like A200. Often you have to do the calculation of how many shares you can buy. For example, if VAS costs $91.51 and you have $1,000 to invest, you'll divide 1,000 by 91.51 and you'll get 10.92, meaning you can buy 10 full shares of VAS provided the price doesn't change you would have paid $915.10 for 10 shares of VAS. On the ASX, you can't buy fractional shares on like the US market, which is why we have to work out how much money we have for a whole share. That was the biggest hiccup for me when I first started investing, just trying to do the mental math of how many shares I can buy based on the money that I have. Because often yeah. we think, hey, I have $1,000, I'm going to invest $1,000. You don't think I'm going to invest 10 shares or nine mm-hmm. shares, whatever it might be. So that, that mental math is something Thing that is very exhausting. I know at Perler, like what I love is that you can just put in a thousand dollars and the back end does the math for you. So you don't 
have to think about it. It's a very handy feature. It's hard if you're going from something like US shares where you can just buy the exact amount that you want and then you go back to Australian shares. And before IVV did the share split, it was like $500 for each share. Yeah. So it made it really hard if you had $1,000, you could only buy one share unless you had slightly more than a thousand. But yeah, Pella makes that a lot easier. Keep in mind, markets are unpredictable and investors can't control its performance on any given day. That's why we advocate for long-term investing instead of trying to time the market. The only thing you can control is what investments you choose and how much you pay for them. So the fees. Focus on the bigger impact decisions. What you buy matters more than where you buy it. The next step is to decide on your investing frequency. As we've talked about in episode three, having a set strategy is important when you want to stay the course, ensuring you focus on long-term investing. A strategy used by many long-term investors is dollar cost averaging, meaning you buy at the same regular cadence and over time the amount you purchased averages out. Some months the cost may be higher, other months slower, but overall it's an average. This also mainly focuses on creating good habits over the long term. So some brokers like Vanguard Personal Investor, Comsec, Pocket, and Perler have an auto-invest feature that lets you set and forget basically setting the day of the month that you want to invest. So for example, if you want to align that up with your paycheck so that you're always paying yourself first, as in you are always investing and taking care of yourself first before anything else. There's also an investment frequency calculator. So you can just Google investment frequency calculator and this will help you work all of this stuff out because I find it really hard to work out, well, how much should you actually invest in how frequently? Um, so in there you can put how much you're saving each month, the percentage on your savings account, your expected return. Um, you can just put something like 7% in there and then it will spit out a number for you and say invest $2,000 every six weeks or whatever it is. So that's a really good way to work that one out. And also you can add your brokerage cost as well so that you yes, can kind of yeah. yeah figure out you know how much is worth at what point. Yeah. Surely you get that question asked a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, cause it's good to remember that people are paying different amounts for brokerage fees and people have different situations. So just because I invest every fortnight, it's really good to sit down and work out what's the best for you to actually invest frequency wise, depending on things like how often your brokerage fees, your interest rate and your savings, what else you would do with that money otherwise. We've gone through a lot here, but don't get overwhelmed. There's a lot to consider, but sometimes it's just best to start. Also, if you are starting with a market downturn, it might be a little bit discouraging seeing the market fluctuate, but just know that that's really normal and part of how the stock market works. Yeah. And remember, if you're investing for the long term, like we do, so you're investing for 7, 10, 15, however many years, it's important to focus on those longer term returns. And the day-to-day changes or the week-to-week changes won't matter in the longer run. Um, you can just go type in like the S&P 500 or IVV into Google, zoom out and just see how bumpy that chart is, but how it all kind of like ends up positive in the end. So just have to zoom out and take a look, a step back, but it is challenging to do that. In fact, I really rarely look at my investments. What about you, Tash? I don't anymore. I used to. I used to log in all the time and be like, oh, what are they doing? But now I just sit back and don't really look too much because I know that they're working in the background anyway. Yeah. And when I started investing, I think I was obsessed, like logging in every day and, you know, freaking out if I saw, you know, red, it was in the negative. Now I'm like, oh, it's on sale. Good. Great. It's red. It's more red. Because I think um, I've been talking about my Perla portfolio on Instagram a little bit recently, but it's only just about to be positive. And I've had it for almost two years now, but I, yeah, it was red for so long and it's so close to being positive again. But yeah, just like waiting that longer term and it's finally getting back there. So what's our action of the week, Anna? 
Well, if you haven't signed up yet, please sign up with a broker and just buy your first ETF. If you're already investing, send this podcast to a friend who needs a gentle nudge to get started. We super appreciate everyone who supported and shared it so far. It's been very great to see and I'm glad people are loving it. Well, thank you everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us in this episode. If you found it helpful, feel free to leave us a rating or review or share with a friend. Make sure to follow us on social at Get Rich Slow Club, or you can follow Tash at Tash Invests or me at Anna Christina. This show was brought to you by Natasha Etchman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367, and Perla who is an authorized representative, 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.